Amen. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, you might take a moment and remember uh, just briefly a circumstance or situation that you've been in in your life. Maybe it was this week, last week, last month, 10 years, 15 years ago, whatever the case, that you knew that, wow, I'm in big trouble here and uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I really need deliverance. I need a miracle. I need forgiveness, uh, all of that. And over a process of time, was there pain? Yeah. Was there worry? Absolutely. Was there anxiety? Absolutely. Was it uncomfortable? Absolutely. But if you remember, over a period of time, God very gently and courageously uh, may, uh, or, or took you through the challenge that you were in. And sometimes it's, it's uh, easy to forget how God has intervened in our life many times over. May I suggest to you that God is a very present help in time of trouble. We have uh, one of our granddaughters, uh, that would be Tori, that's Sherry's oldest daughter, and she, is, uh, uh, she, she has her master's degree and she works for a company in Tampa. And boy, howdy, they started her off at a great salary and she's been there a couple years and now they're moving things around. And she thought, all right, let me see if my education, my experience now, uh, what'll happen. Uh, and so she began to put herself out in the market and began to check and, and several headhunters. And she's had numerous phone calls that uh, said, hey, we, uh, we, we saw your resume. We, we read your, your uh, byline and uh, we have interest. So she's gone through the fact of two, three uh, different interviews with the same different companies. And she said, Granddad, I can't believe it. I got, I got them coming at me from several sides. I am a wanted product. I said, well, you just remember who Jesus is, okay? And, of course, one of those places, or a couple of those places, she may have to move to Nashville, somewhere like that. Uh, and uh, so I, I thought, I had that nudge, I need to talk with her. You know, because you can get caught up in your, uh, your own uh, promotional ticket. And I said, all right, let, let's talk for a few minutes. I said, you're, uh, you're at this stage in your life, 24, 25 years of age. You've got a great education. You've had a great job. You make great money. You're independent in nature. Uh, she is independent in nature. And just that's all there is to it. it with her, it, her personality, and she's aware of it, she could get along without you and be just fine. I know some other people like that, but she's not learned just yet that she does need a, a few people. And I said, well, let me talk to you. Here's what God's doing for you. And then I took her through a path that I had. I said, you know, I was here and God led me there. And one time I made a bold decision and turned a church down and that led me to here and that led me to there. I said, understand this. You're 24 years of age. You, have, you are having an opportunity to speak to someone who's already been in those tight places that you're in. And I want you to know that, that God will direct your footsteps. In other words, it's not a matter of money. It's not a matter of geographical location. It's not a matter, okay, of missing family. It's not a matter, all right, boy, uh, and, and she's concerned. I always ask, where is this going to take me, granddad? I learned that from you. What's the next level that I can go to? I want to be working toward moving up in the organization. And uh, I said, but remember this, God has his hand on you. 
God will direct you. You tell a 24-year-old that, you know, and they're, they're thinking, oh, they, they're sending, uh, you know, planes down to pick me up and fly me there and entertain me in another company. That, that really is a, that's a big, big, big deal. But the reality is, I said, let me tell you, here's what it is. If you stay close to God, God will, in fact, direct your path. He wants to be, be an intricate part of your life. And that's, that's why I know that things don't just happen. Are you with me? They don't just happen, especially in the life of the believer. And sometimes, often in our life, we shortchange God. God has this big idea for us. We shortchange God. I read something just recently, I think it was yesterday, that said, don't be too concerned if you feel like that you have blown your or, or blown God's plan for your life. Don't be too concerned that you've blown God's plan for your life because of something that you have done. And then it continued, you're just not that powerful. In other words, if you think that you have the ability to blow God's plan, the writer said, you're just not that powerful. How many of you know thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? I want you to get some gumption in your spirit tonight. I want you to feel something. I want you to get that inspiration. We're going to pray in a few minutes, and I need people when they pray that you believe, hallelujah, heaven can come down in a wonderful and remarkable way. We, we know that we're God's children. I believe we have a divine appointment. I believe that uh, we're under divine direction. If you believe that, say amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're under divine direction. That's all right. You're under divine direction. And you have divine intervention. Divine intervention. That God can interrupt and intervene in your life. And he does it in sometimes that you don't even know it. And God is concerned. Oh, he's concerned about our past. He forgave us. He's concerned about the present. He's concerned about the here and now. That which bothers you now, do not, do not let the enemy sell you short that God is not interested in what you are concerned with right now. It might be physical. It might be material. It might be spiritual. It might be financial. Whatever it is, God is a God that's concerned with what concerns you right now right now. Amen. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. I'm talking right now. And also that he's concerned for our future. If we pay attention, he will direct our path and our travel. Some people say, well, I was just lucky, you know. You know how I feel about luck. I pick up greeting cards and all of that. And I'm, I mean to tell you, 99% of it can be good. But then if it's got luck in it, I put that thing right back down. I tried one time, say, okay, I'll strike luck and put bless. It didn't mess the whole card up. I don't even want to get close to luck. How many of you know it's a whole lot better to know that you're led by the Holy Spirit than it is it just happened. You were lucky. I'm not lucky. I'm, I'm got, I flip a coin and I lose. If you hear I won the lottery, don't you believe it? We know that. So how does that feel to you? How does what I've said so far feel to you? What, what are you pondering in your mind? Are you ready to open up your heart of faith, your mind of understanding, and say, I'm going to grasp that for myself? 
We have a very unusual situation, and we know that in life, in this situation that we find in John, the fourth chapter, Jesus, of course, is doing his miracles, and on his way on his journey, he's got to go through Samaria. And you know that Jews and Samaritans, they did not get along. Jewish men, you just didn't talk to a Samaritan woman at all. Jesus goes to the well. Do you remember the story? I know that you do, and I know that you receive it. So here we go. He, there's a lady there. She has her bucket. She's getting water, and she looks at Jesus. Jesus said, I'm thirsty. And uh, she thought, what, what are you talking to me? You know that I'm a, a Samaritan woman. And he said, hey, if, if you get me some water. And she said, I, I'm not supposed to do that. She said, but since you don't have something, I'll, I'll reach down and bring some water up, uh, in fact, for you. And Jesus said, well, the water that I'm going to give you, when you drink it, you are never going to be thirsty again. She thought, wow, that's wonderful, never having to come back, pick a bucket up, and go out and get water and bring it back. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm just telling you, the water that I give you is a water that you are never going to thirst again. May I suggest to you that you and I drink a whole lot of stuff in the culture in which we live. But I'm going to encourage you tonight, drink of a water that is not of this earth. Drink of a water that is spirit-anointed and spirit-led, and let it add life to your body. Here's what Jesus said to her. She said, uh, he said, go and tell your husband. He set her up. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, ma'am, you're right. You're right. You've had five of them. Hello. And the one you're living with now is not your husband. She thought, how did you know that? He came to, she came to the conclusion, hey, this man is the man He's not an ordinary man. She ran back. She told everybody she knew and said, this man, he must be a prophet. He told me things that, that there is no way he could have known it. And as a result of that, she told other individuals. And when it was, they came toward where Jesus was. Why? They became hungry. Anytime you light up with the power of faith and anointing and divine interaction in the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, people will in fact follow after you to see what it is that you've had a part of. So here we go. He's traveling. And we know that he gets to a place in John 4:47. after all this, and he said, when this man, talking about a, an official, a royal official, heard that Jesus arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. And that's important. A wealthy government official. And uh, he was in the midst of that personal crisis. You see, he'd not had an opportunity to ever drink of the water. He'd never had an opportunity to know what it was, was to be in the presence of the supernatural power of God. What he had heard, he knew that he was in trouble. He knew that his son was dying. He had influence. He had wealth. He had medical care, but his son could not get well. And let me suggest to you, sometimes crisis and the lack of the answer of prayer you might look at as God doesn't care. But may I remind you that sometimes that drives you to the place where God is going to interact with you and that your heart becomes soft and tender that God can reach down there and do what he needs to do in your life. So don't ever murmur, grumble, and complain about what God is not doing out there. Just stay on the journey when you know 
that you know that you know. His son was unto death. That meant the family name was in jeopardy. He's looking for a heritage to be carried on. The intensity of his need was great. This royal official left his duties. He didn't send out guards and say, I'm going to summon Jesus to me. He took off. He was at that crossroads. He must have thought, now I know who that I am, a royal official here. He must have thought my influence and intelligence, my, my wealth, it, 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 if I, you know, it surely that's enough. But, but he'd done everything that he could, but nothing happened. What do I do now? All of us are running towards something. And I like to think you're either running toward God or you're running away from God. You're either bolstering your faith. You're either gaining momentum. You're either growing in God whether the grass is dry and there's no rain or when the rain has fallen and the grass is outrunning your lawnmower. You see, you run toward Jesus and that's what he did. Here's what he did. He traveled 15 miles from Capernaum to Cana of Galilee. Now, how many of you were with me in Israel? May I see your hand? Traveling on foot. 15 miles is a long, long way. You don't have the opportunity to put your foot down and get one solid footing because every step you take is going to have a rock somewhere. And then it's going to be uphill and downhill. 15 miles. You see, every day, we have the option to run in two different directions. And when we run away from God, you know what we're running toward? Our own sufficiency. How much money do you have? How much? What if one catastrophic accident were to hit your family? How long would your money last? not long what would you pay Sharon and I were talking she has an aunt who had a daughter more than 25 years ago I guess maybe on Good Friday just a young person I guess right out of high school Foggy had an accident that paralyzed that young girl from here down she can't talk mom and dad's life forever changed because they are her caregivers forever your world so when you run to your own sufficiency be sure you got enough should you have and hit a dead-end road to sustain yourself. And I suggest to you that if you can't tell me what time it's going to rain tomorrow afternoon, you're not bigger than God. If you can't tell me when your next pay raise is going to be, you're not bigger than God. So when you run away from God, you're running to your own sufficiency. But when you run toward God, Here's what you do. When you run toward God, you take your hat in your hand. 
and you humble yourself and say, God, I'm not worthy of any special effort. I'm not worthy of you moving one mountain. I'm not worthy of you answering one prayer. I'm not worthy, God, because you know I make mistakes, some accidentally, some willful. Sometimes I'm a good boy, good girl. Sometimes I make the wrong decision. So, God, I don't know that I'm worthy, but here's what I do know. You love me, and you love me as the old song we used to sing. Just as I am without one plea, but that your blood was shed for me. You're going to run toward positive faith. You're going to run toward something, run toward positive faith. And what that means, John 4.50, Jesus replied, the man's standing there, he's made his request, you may go. Your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word. A royal official, never had any interaction with Jesus, never experienced the supernatural, never had a testimony, never been in a revival with Oral Roberts, Benny Hinn, never heard not one Joel Osteen message. And Jesus said, You can go. You're going to get a miracle. Now, I know a lot of you. How many of you know someone that can ask a thousand questions? Amen? You know somebody? That's right. A thousand questions. I have somebody who can do that just like that. A thousand questions. After a while, you get tired of all the questions. Hello? What you're trying to do when you ask a thousand questions is to try to make it rational enough to see if you're willing to step out there and take a risk. Here's the only thing I know. When you know Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, this man had nothing to lose but a son. And when the one that he'd heard about had performed the miracles... He said, you have the ability to heal my son. I wish you'd do it. Jesus speaks up and said, okay, listen, uh, your son is going to live. And the man said, based on what Jesus said, he was obedient to that. And when the man finally made it to Jesus, his son is dying, please heal. He, Jesus responded in that unusual way because he's going to make a point, And here it is, John 4, 48. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe. Now, he just came out of Samaria, remember? And, of course, they're all, let us see what happened to the Samaritan woman. Here it is. Jesus said, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you'll never believe. You know what he's trying to suggest? What about if I just say it? You act on it, and when you get to where your son is at, you'll see the results of that obedience. Hello? Here it is. 
And this is where we're at tonight. Some of you with a need pressing now, or maybe something in the future, here's what God is saying. Do you have the power and the will to act on what God is saying to you right now? Will you tuck it in your heart that God knows your moment, knows your hour, understands what you face, and he said, hey, just believe. Hallelujah. Put your faith in the one that has, hello, never, ever let you down. Never let you down. Never let you down. You see, Jesus was actively putting the man off, suggesting the man only came as a result of the miracles. But he was testing this old boy's faith. And the man who'd never believed in Jesus only heard he decided to believe and persevere in the presence of the Lord every single day that we live. God gives us, I call them, special opportunities. I mean special opportunities. Every day we're challenged to meet life head on. Every day we have the option to either run toward our faith or away from our faith. I shared Sunday morning in a, a Sunday morning, I think maybe uh, in the second service of a gal that we, we know is in a restaurant. And I asked the question when she came, I looked at her and her visage was just different. And I thought something different about her. She's usually uh, wide open. She's, she's uh, you know, if it's Christmas time, she's wearing antlers about December the 1st and her shift and if it's Valentine she's got hearts all over the place my lord if it, if it's a Halloween she's got it all and all she does talk about her kids and we're going to go do this and we're going to go we're going to see the snow and all, all of that kind of stuff and I said how are your kids and she lowered her face and she said to me I don't have my kids anymore I said okay I get that I had the opportunity, I don't have my kids anymore, not to drift into the backstory, but just to let her know that, that we're going to be praying for her. Let her know that we cared. And then she asked this question. She said, do you have anything going on at the church? I work Sunday morning. Anything going on in the church Sunday night? Hello. Well, I'm just happy to report to you that we have a prayer for back to school, students, moms, dads, teachers, educators, all the kids. We're going to bring them down. We're just going to anoint. She looked when I said anoint. She didn't know what that meant. I said, we're just going to believe God with them. And I said, God can do a miracle. Amen? So, hey, here, here it is. I prayed. Away we went. That was maybe Thursday. She said before we left, I will be there. Do you know how many people's told me, I will be there? Hello? I will be there. You know, you know how many church people's told me, I will be there? <laughs> Sunday night, I looked up about 10 rows back here, and there she sat with her little boy and her teenage daughter. I looked and I thought, God, you are up to something. Aren't you glad he knows what he's doing? And so we're in a process of transition and I caught her eye. 
And I said, hi, and I called her name. She smiled real big. Isn't that right? And when it came prayer time, she took her kids and somebody prayed. Sweetest gal you ever want to meet. And then when I brought all the teachers and educators down, I saw her bring her little boy down to be one of the kids to pray over the teachers. And I looked at that and I thought, God is doing something big in her life. And she may not know what it is. But Jesus said, you go and your son will be healed. And without question, the man took off on Jesus' word and started back home. I don't know if it was halfway. I don't care when it was. But he looked up. Some of his family's coming toward him. Hallelujah. They're raising their hands up. They get to him. And when they got to him, they said, hey, he's healed. He's healed. Can you imagine the relief that that man felt when he heard he's healed? You see, it's the same faith that the Hebrew boys said to the power of darkness. You know, you're going to throw us in the furnace, but the God that we know can save us. And if he doesn't, we want you to know, King, whether the check comes in or not, whether the fire extinguishers show up or whether the story continues to get worse. We want you to know that we're not going to run away to our own sufficiency. We're going to run toward you. Why? Because this. We're not going to worship your gods, for the God that we serve will intervene for us. Amen. Wherever you're at. When they said to him, the father realized that this was the exact time. What time was he healed? The exact time Jesus had said, your son is going to live. So he and all his household believed 15 miles away from home. When he found out, when did he get healed? They said, well, it was about 1 p.m. yesterday. And the royal official said, that's the exact time that he said, you go. Do you know when the miracle took place? It's not when Jesus said it. It's when the man turned to walk away to go see his son. So that's the key 
for God doing something fabulous, something miraculous, something marvelous in your life, in your family, in your business. It shall come to pass. How wonderful is that when he turned to walk away, he turned away from his own sufficiency and he turned toward the powerful presence of God because what he did not know that what he found out that God had a plan. And if you give God an opportunity to merge into your life and you wrap yourself up in your helplessness and you lean on God, I'm here to tell you, he will not disappoint you not one nary time. You see, I heard that little bit of lawn talk in there. Not one nary time. And so he's here. And on these altars are prayer cards. And in your hands are cards that you can complete and say, I have a need. And you can bring that down front. And so we have taken the message and and done the best to deliver it to encourage you and incite you because here's what i know somebody's life is going to be changed because we were obedient the word of the lord is this when we pray and when we believe god will answer prayer amen let's bow our heads just for a moment those of you online watching listen carefully you might be here tonight and you're not in tune with God. You're not right. You're not, you're not, you just haven't said, Jesus, come into my heart. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you haven't been led in that direction. But tonight is a moment in which you are about to feel the grace of God intervene in your behalf. And out of your obedience, a brand new heart and life will be yours so let's repeat this prayer everybody here we go dear jesus forgive me let's all pray it cleanse my heart i need help take away my sins i confess my sins and i offer my heart to you so take me lord just as i am and i will do my best to honor you with all my life in Jesus name in Jesus name amen here's what we're going to do now how many feel the presence of the Holy Spirit I can't wait to see you get ready to pray you please get some of these cards pray over them and you run out of prayers with them bring them back get some more go back you're welcome to get in the altars you're welcome to just walk whatever in the whatever your best prayer posture is that's the one we're looking for tonight and i pray that you will hear god speak to your heart and give you instruction amen in the presence come on everybody
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. <laughs> Do not shrink from the expectation of faith that's in your life because seemingly nothing has happened. Always remember that spirit is life and spirit cannot die, it lives. And because spirit lives in you, there is life. And when there is life, there is hope for a future. The God that you served did not create life. He is life, not only in his creation. Lean on him. Do not lean toward your understanding. If you do, you will miss what God is endeavoring to do. But pour yourself out. Understand there is an anointing upon you that will bring to pass the express thing God has for you in his time. Amen. Let's just get ready to put our hands together. Amen. Here we go. Father, I thank you for tonight. Thank you for every person. Thank you for those online. Thank you for the reaction. We feel like we've been to church. Somebody say amen. And so what I want you to do is try to greet at least 10 of the ugliest people that you've ever seen. Okay. Just greet them. All right. Give them a good shot, and we're going to sing this as you leave. God bless you, everybody. Here we go. Uh, tonight we say, Waymaker.